welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Patton. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast every week. And my guest this week is Nicola Gome, co-founder and CEO of Space Cargo Unlimited. And Nicola, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast this week. Great pleasure to be with you, Tom. Let's talk first of all about just what exactly is Space Cargo Unlimited. So Space Cargo is a European uh, startup, new space startup based in Luxembourg with a team spread between Germany, France, and Italy. Uh, and we really created the company to uh, seize the amazing opportunities that uh, new uh, spacecraft, mainly in the U.S., uh, produced by uh, SpaceX and, uh, and Blue Origin and, and many others uh, were offering uh, to change the way we build and create a high-value product for Earth. You mentioned something on your website, and I just want to discuss this briefly about space privilege. What is space privilege in your mind? Well, we, 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 we can see for the past 20 years how amazing uh, um, breakthrough and, and innovations and, and research has been conducted on the International Space Station. Uh, but all these new vehicles coming uh, that can actually bring the ability to expose uh, research materials or production facility in space um, are really not being tackled by the mere fact that on the ISS there's this uh, very uh, blended uh, small uh, life environment where humans and, and uh, research and, and you know, any industrial processes take place. And the safety of humans is so paramount that there are so many constraints. So the intent of space privilege is to say, uh, as long as we have access to a uh, low Earth orbit, we can really unleash the opportunity of what uh, a low Earth orbit, specifically microgravity and, and a certain level of radiation can allow uh, to achieve and accomplish in life science and many other industrial processes to, uh, to innovate and again, create high-value product for back on Earth. So what were the factors that made your company possible? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's something that uh, I think Jeff Bezos as much as Elon Musk have outcast. And when you build an infrastructure, then services come along. I think that Jeff Bezos said that, uh, you know, Amazon couldn't have existed without the postal service, without credit cards, uh, and obviously the internet. Um, so we intend to be uh, very focused uh, on low Earth orbit, very focused on, on, on the opportunity created by low Earth orbit and, and really uh, leverage the amazing work these company uh, do by having uh, spacecraft that allow us uh, commercial opportunities to, to, to flourish. Let's get into what you're doing now. If you could discuss for us the project that you currently have underway. Well, you know, even though we strongly believe in the, in the evolution of the market. The truth is uh, there's still a very huge uh, business model gap. Uh, funding research is still extremely hard on Earth, so even further on in space, considering that the outcomes are so uncertain. So really what we wanted is to find ways to be innovative and creative in the way we would bootstrap our research uh, investment. Also, maybe starting from the ISS promise, there's a lot of best science conducted, a lot of let's say, geopolitical constraints. That means that the spread uh, of the of the allocation of astronaut times and the, and the space, the way it's managed, certainly require um, to, to, to sometimes make choices and, and spread 
the, the budgets and, and the capacity uh, quite a lot instead of maybe focusing on the most promising opportunities and, and really looking at the more uh, return uh, on earth value. So what we're trying to bring is not necessarily a different approach per se, but we're trying to execute in a more thoroughly uh, effective manner to bring value back on earth. Um, and so looking at what's, what's the most interesting opportunities, we really look at life science because it's from a pure weight return and impact extremely effective. You know, you can manufacture things in space. Some some amazing companies have been exploring uh, this, this avenue, but that requires a bigger setup and a much more, uh, uh, you know, constraints and, and, and demanding environment. So we focus on life science uh, also because we felt there was amazing opportunities to, to, uh, to, uh, to capture. And specifically in the vastness of uh, life science, we really wanted to focus on agriculture. Uh, our earth is changing, uh, our climate is changing, uh, and with less uh, drinkable water, uh, more uh, higher eats, higher temperatures, uh, the, the, the plants, that that are foundational to our to our uh, our food and and therefore our survival and our future are being challenged and, and if not jeopardized. I mean, when there's less drinkable water, there's more salt in the soils, and you know plants do not like salt, and it's harder to grow thing uh, in a, in an earth change climate. So we realized that, and one of the basic principle of of our first mission called Mission Wise. Uh, is really that um, if we expose plants and some plant-related uh, components uh, to the stress of space, and particularly the absence of gravity, it will force natural evolution that will make these uh, plants more resilient to uh, the lesser stresses of climate change. That's a very high-level principle. Uh, we've been fortunate to establish a very robust uh, research team uh, between Germany and France uh, with the University of Erlangen. Uh, our chief uh, scientific officer, Professor Michael Lebert, has been doing a lot of research with DLR and his, and his lab and multiple other organizations around the world for the, past, for the past close to 25 years in space. So he's bringing this very deep knowledge of, of uh, research and biology in space specifically. And we gather this with a, with a very unique uh, research lab in Bordeaux, in the southwest of France, in the University of Bordeaux, that has been focusing on wine. And maybe I should kind of put a little more time on explaining why wine is so critical. That was uh, one of my people. questions. <laughs> yes. Well, wine is interesting, and, and you may know that uh, one of the founding fathers of modern uh, life science, uh, Louis Pasteur, a uh, French uh, researcher from the late 19th century, mm -hmm. discovered the existence of bacteria, understood some of the fundamental mechanics of yeast by studying wine. Uh, you know, wine is a multi-component system, so you have some key component, and, and certainly bacteria and, and yeast, to mention uh, these two, are super critical to, to, uh, to biology and, and life as we know it uh, on Earth. And so wine is interesting because it's a multi-component uh, liquid, but it is uh, very simple, you know, it is much more, much simpler than a, uh, you know, a human body or, or, or more complex environment. And so studying wine gives you an ability to see some phenomenon. And we realized that uh, ever since uh, research has been evolving for, you know, 200 years, mm -hmm. uh, we, we really went to many cycles. But one thing for sure today is you want anywhere, when you want to go any further on any of the life science um, challenges today and, and go further down what we already have discovered, you really want to be super specialized, super vertical, uh, deep into a bacteria to go more into understanding bacteria, deep into yeast. And that 
means that the way we conduct research in space, I'm sorry, on Earth, is as opposed to what I think we should be doing in space, and I'll get back to that, but is, is again being extremely siloed, which again has a lot of merits and is effectively uh, bringing solutions. Truth is, when you change paradigm and you go to space, um, you, 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 you can see that model of approach might be challenged. Uh, and let me explain you a little why. Okay. Uh, when you recreate the Earth environment in uh, space, you actually uh, recreate pretty much everything. Uh, you know, the level of temperature, the, the level of brightness, the level of humidity, and so on. The, the, the main thing you don't recreate is, is uh, gravity. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the 4.5 billion plus years of life on Earth, you realize that uh, gravity is, might be the only parameter of life that has never evolved significantly. We really had like high level of temperatures, lower uh, ice age. Um, you, you had certain, you know, hundreds of years of, of darkness, uh, which is likely what killed the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and so all these parents have changed. And so species have died, uh, species have evolved. But gravity always was a near constant. And that means it became, to a degree, uh, one of the backbone of life. So when you remove it, it's, it's a very fundamental stress to, to life as we knew it, and we, we're just starting to understand the, the dynamics at play. That piece of the high level of radiation that we have uh, at, at you know, a low Earth orbit brings an interesting environment for evolution. Now, when we look at, look at it from a distance, it's very random. It goes everywhere, all over the place. Right. Um, so we feel that as we continue to understand the environment, uh, we also feel that there's this unique opportunity of bringing this uh, specific wine environment to, to a different dynamic and go back to the root of what uh, Louis Pasteur and others uh, discovered of the 19th century could find by being generalist and not the specialist that you currently have on earth. So this generalist approach, this changing paradigm, admitting we change paradigm in space and re-approaching re uh, research in a, in a very pragmatic way, in a more generous way, is what I intend to do. So wine became a, a fundamental um, you know, ground for our research and the lab we actually leveraging is a wine lab. And mm -hmm. because Bordeaux wine area has been quite successful across the years, it's well-funded and therefore they could have the best uh, bacteria specialist, the best yeast specialist, uh, and all them together working on a single uh, material. Therefore that, that steam spirit uh, with no silo has been a very unique cultural attribute of that lab. So we thought that bringing that, dynamic into the space research uh, environment would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is an assumption. We still need to prove it, right. but that is really might, might make us very unique. And we create that subsidiary called Space Biology Unlimited that is really gathering uh, this new approach, hopefully a great team, and, and of course, uh, hopefully uh, interesting and promising outcomes as soon as next year, because uh, our first experiment coming back from the ISS uh, later this year. Has your team given the crew of the ISS, any specific instructions as to how to tend to the vines that you have sent up, or is it more benign? Is it, we send them up, they grow for a year, however long it is, in a microgravity environment, and then come home and we study them here? So maybe we should, for, for your, your, your listener, we should really start with, because I kind of gave the principle that wine was the key liquid that we're looking for the reason I explained. But now mm -hmm. what are we actually doing on the ISS is we launched, so far we had three experiments. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is indeed we launched uh, bottles of wine, uh, com complete bottle of wines, uh, and we're going to study them, and I'll get back to, to how we do that. We actually sent, sent some wine cell, vine plant cells mm -hmm. uh, with Blue Origin in December, uh, and expose them to the stressors 
of uh, climate change in a microgravity environment. And that was also an extremely interesting uh, uh, experiment that brought a lot of the foundational approach that we really leveraged for our third experiment, which we flew with SpaceX uh, to the ISS early March um, in partnership with ESA. And this particular, uh, this particular uh, uh, experiment is really very much grounded into the core of what we expect to be able to find out. We sent 320 vine plants mm -hmm. uh, into uh, orbit uh, for, for pretty much uh, all throughout this very year as I said, March to, to December. So we're going to retrieve both the vine plants and, and the bottles in December. Um, in all fairness, the, the vine plants are really the one that we're going to put a lot of the attention to, to grow and, 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 and hopefully see how we can effectively, organically um, encourage uh, plants to evolve and, and hopefully mm -hmm. see how more resilient they are to, to climate change. Our, basic theory, um, as much as the wine itself is going to be studied because uh, we feel that, and maybe it's because we're French, uh, <laughs> I'm French uh, but that uh, not only do we want to feed humanity tomorrow, but we want this to taste good. Uh, and, you know, uh, studying wine is also interesting because the, you only understand 20% of the chemistry that make the taste of wine. Right, 80% is still unknown. So there's a moment you actually have to taste the wine uh, to, uh, to understand what, what's, what's happening there. So it's, it's certainly a more of a craft than a science, but we're extremely uh, excited about what the learnings we have. In a more pragmatic way, we also have a lot of uh, opportunities in agriculture. I mean, it's a vast uh, area of products right. and, and, and needs for humanity. But wine is interesting because it's also one of the high value agricultural product. You know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, um, investment, money, and the consumers with great wine are willing to pay a high price. And there are a lot of challenges related to climate change. So let, let me, if I may pose and, and tell you a little more about the Certainly. wine challenge. Um, you know, in the 1970s in Bordeaux, when you were producing wine with the very exact same techniques we've been using for centuries, uh, you get a wine with 12 degrees of alcohol, 13 degrees of alcohol, mm -hmm. even to the point that sometimes during some years, uh, the wine producers were tempted to add sugar into the winemaking process to accelerate the fermentation and uh, malolactic and, and really get to, to, to uh, make wine because the, sometimes the, the grape were not sugary enough mm -hmm. to create the process. Uh, well, today we no longer do this because of climate change. Uh, and warmer temperature, uh, uh, the, the, the grapes are actually more sugary. Mm -hmm. And that means with the same techniques and principles, we produce wine that is 14, 15 degree of alcohol, uh, like in a matter of 30 years. And the thing is, if you project yourself 30 years from now, right. you get to the point where uh, Bordeaux wine as it is, uh, you get to 17, 18, 19 degrees of alcohol, which means it's no longer wine and you get to the point it's port or something mm -hmm. closer to that. And so that's that's obviously a challenge to, uh, uh, you know, formidable brands and, and winemakers. And they're asking, what do we need to do? Well, we need new vine plants that could be more resilient, more adjusted. Uh, so that's one of very much the outcome we're pursuing. But the learnings that we will hopefully get out of these first experiments, uh, both on how we can grow plants in the future and how much we make sure we understand how taste can evolve and how it actually make a, a unique difference in, in, in a positive way, uh, could be applied to many other uh, agricultural products. So 
that is what we are aiming to accomplish concretely. And so back to your earlier question, yes, we're going to taste the wine. And no, the astronauts are not supposed to drink it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to count bottles when they come back? Until the wine come back from, from space. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to count bottles when they come back? Just, just to be sure? <laughs> yeah, well, we we're not too worried about it. I think they're extremely amazing, professionals, rigorous, uh, you know, the, 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 the partnership. And, and the work we do with a variety of, of amazing uh, partners we have to, to establish the experiment. Uh, I would name Nanorax, that has been an amazing partner to work with. Mm -hmm. Thales Alinea, um, some work we did with Airbus. Obviously, the great partnership with, we have with the French Space Agency. We have a strong partnership with them and with the European Space Agency and the amazing work NASA does to kind of unleash the potential of, of space for the Earth benefit. All that makes us possible today, not to mention, obviously, the amazing leadership from uh, from an uh, amazing entrepreneur like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. That, mm -hmm. That's really what makes us possible. And we are very humble. But then we try to be creative. We try to bootstrap our approach. And hopefully what we learn, we'll share. And, and hopefully bring you know more commercial, pragmatic opportunities uh, out of uh, North Orbit. When you mentioned that gravity has been the only constant in the Earth environment, when you get into space, there's a much higher radiation factor. Are you accounting for how the radiation in space might affect not only the the wine, but the plants as well? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the, that is a number of parameters. Obviously, when I talk about the absence of gravity, it's just one among uh, others. It's a big one. Uh, but uh, yes, absolutely. The level of radiation is bringing a lot. I think there's a very unique... Uh, moment where, where we have, uh, you know, we are well protected, you know, we're, we're below the Vanama belt. So mm -hmm. there's a protection from the lethal radiation, the most lethal radiation, but enough to probably accelerate some processes. You know, the truth is, there's so many things that are alien and different, uh, that, that is going to be a continuous of uh, learning and research. We want to be super pragmatic. One of the key things that we always took was, was, again, that we could maybe make innovation in research by being more, let's say, less siloed, mm -hmm. uh, more rooted into this, this uh, particular dynamic of, of plants, and, and certainly then uh, learn and absorb everything we're going to be. So we want to do certainly uh, follow-ups. We're planning six uh, launches out of mission-wise. We only mm -hmm. did three. Uh, so we're working on, on the fourth one, uh, hopefully for end of next year. Uh, and certainly we want to make sure that I can answer exactly what is affecting the uh, low Earth orbit evolutions. Um, but uh, today we only can speculate. You have a second company called Space Biology Unlimited. Talk about that aspect of it as well. Why did you decide to have a separate company that was devoted simply uh, specifically to the biology? Well, we, we truly believe that, that, that the, the core of the, um, the core of, of the research as, as is very promising. Again, we focused on agriculture, we focus on, on the wine industry to begin with, uh, but we think that if we are accomplishing what we expect to accomplish, we can look at other opportunities and we really want to grow this particular um, team and, and, and you know focus to a larger scale. At the same time, we, we did this first mission to be able to show that we had the project management expertise, hopefully the strong relationship with all the, the stakeholders uh, from government agencies to, to private companies that could enable such projects. And certainly one of our ideas that as we move forward, Space Cargo will do more uh, third-party mission. Well, we, we say more. We haven't done any. I mean, we'll do third-party <laughs> mission right. uh, as well as space biology will continue on the path of life science and agriculture. So it's really where we project ourselves, hopefully being these uh, enablers at Space Cargo Limited level, 
uh, and, and then very focused on this particular project we, we kick off the company with. Uh, I have to add that, you know, Europe uh, doesn't enjoy the same dynamic than, than the U.S. Again, and it's, the credit goes to NASA and all the amazing entrepreneurs and, and all the, the government willingness that have made the new space uh, revolution possible. Uh, we, we're probably a little more conservative and, and more government-driven and less commercially driven. So we've, But nevertheless, in Europe, we have a lot of companies involved in multiple topics, you know, life science, mm-hmm. many big players. There's a lot of agricultural giants too. And so our intent is to make sure we allow these various companies that may not f- be familiar with the, uh, their space uh, opportunities to better understand them. And, and with uh, all the partners we work with, uh, including the one I mentioned we work on MissionWise with, could benefit from our project management expertise to kind of conduct their own programs. So that's something that is, again, particular to the European setup that, that, uh, that is important to us. Are you getting interest from other areas of agriculture to perhaps partner with you to look at things besides wine and grapes? Yes, absolutely. And we already have a number of new projects, indeed, that are looking for other areas, uh, but leveraging the, 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 hopefully the findings of what we are we are hoping to, uh, to accomplish. Uh, but, you know, we, we are extremely uh, pragmatic. We want to make sure we, we, we go to step one before we go to step two. Uh, but uh, there's definitely, a, we've managed to create a very uh, exciting dynamic in Europe, uh, mainly, mm-hmm. Uh, with with other agricultural companies that are eager to to do more with us, so that's extremely inspiring. How difficult a sell was it to NASA or your other partners to say we want to send wine to the ISS? You'd, you'd think that might not be something that they they'd look at you and say, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> no, yes, because I, you know, uh, yes, it was incredibly difficult, um, and and again, uh, it was a team team teamwork, and eventually. Uh, was possible because because NASA and other agencies supported it, uh, but it was incredibly difficult because there are bias. I mean, it's alcohol beverage, and, and we know that for safety uh, uh, on the International Space Station, you, you know, we, we always very obviously worried about what would happen if someone get drunk uh, <laughs> while there. It's a true issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then glass containers, because we wanted to send bottles for that particular experiment, are incredibly difficult because, you know, they're, they're dangerous mm-hmm. uh, glass pieces floating in space. So it was incredibly difficult. But, but I guess beyond the technical constraints and challenges, and again, that was something we could, we could really overcome with amazing partners, particularly NanoRax uh, here in the U.S. Um, we, we, uh, and again, eventually NASA uh, acceptance on, on the merits of the research because... Uh, what was harder is that we wanted to do a multi-experiment uh, uh, project. In other words, we, we had an experiment uh, on the way with uh, Blue Origin. We had one with uh, we submitted to, to, to the NASA opportunity and, and one with uh, the European Space Agency. And they don't really see the global picture if they only take mm-hmm. the, the wine experiment. And, and, but to us, it's obviously completely connected uh, and critical that each of these experiments nurture the other and make our knowledge progress and our ability to make something useful for back on Earth uh, rooted. So we also had to explain that, that it was our new ambition. And in all fairness, um, we still, I was talking about silos uh, earlier on mm-hmm. for science. Also, you know, space-wise also operate as in silos. For sure, uh, there's an appetite for more commercial application. And I think things have changed because that's something that I'm talking to you about three, four years ago. It took us five years to, to, to get where we are. So mm-hmm. we had like you know, nearly four years of, of talking and explaining. So today, I guess the maturity uh, for commercial projects and this, this type of innovative way of might be more conventional and accepted than it was uh, four years ago. And then, you know, doing projects through different 
partnership and agencies in Europe, in, in America, uh, is also something that, 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 is, that is new. I don't believe there are so many uh, companies that, that, that do multiple projects at multiple uh, stakeholders like that. So connecting the dots was super critical, explaining what we were aiming to do. But honestly, what I'm, I think I should, we should all celebrate that, that you know, moving forward, we managed to do this. And, and certainly, uh, we feel it's, it's, it's uh, you know, growing the industry, understanding the, the, the government uh, perspective. And again, it's true to the mission of making a space, a, a place of, of high value for the future of our planet and, and, our, and, our, and our species. Now, you said you have, I think, three additional launches in project-wise. What are those launches yes, going obviously. to be? I, I haven't disclo- we haven't disclosed them. Okay. But yes. Uh, no, but it, you know, because it takes time. And, and mm-hmm. we also, to be fair, uh, COVID-19 kind of shuffled, obviously, the schedule uh, right. just because there were a number of things we, we just couldn't do as we hoped. But, um, yeah, we hope to announce the, the, the fourth one, hopefully sometime next spring. Um, before that, we, we, we will share more of the early uh, uh, outcomes of our first experiment. So they're coming back again in December. So we'll be uh, working hard with all the team uh, as soon as uh, January starts uh, to hopefully uh, share. We, we published uh, already one paper on our research. We, we have a second one in the making and we'll really uh, be able to, to, uh, to share more as we move forward. What do you see as the opportunities for space cargo beyond the agriculture segment? So, you know, I think that, that I'm going to say very simple things. I think life science in general is a mm-hmm. huge uh, area. And certainly, uh, you know, um, going back to Louis Pasteur, I discovered the existence of yeast uh, studying wine, uh, but obviously uh, yeast and bacteria. So yeast did have obviously a very important uh, component of the, of the food industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's much broader than that. And understand bacteria kind of led all the discoveries, including the discovery he made on vaccines. So you, you could see how this is really uh, very much uh, leading to many, many different uh, applications. Um, so for the record, by the way, uh, you may know Pasteur for pasteurization, which mm-hmm. is applied to, uh, to dairy product. He invented the process for wine. So that was his first. Uh, he actually made it for <laughs> wine. And it was uh, some caveats. So eventually he applied it to other <laughs> areas. So, and I'm using that example because, you know, going from wine to yogurt might not be uh, obvious, but that's <laughs> what Pasteur did with pasteurization. Sure. And so we intend to believe that the findings we may have, again, will, will drive us to many other areas in the broad life science perspective. So that's for space biology, even though we want to stay super rooted to, to agriculture. A lot of the conversation we have are, are with, you know, multiple other type of plants and, and opportunities, uh, but more broadly, yes, life science. As for space cargo, you know, we have been discussing with one big industrial European company that was interested in manufacturing composite materials, new materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know there are great US companies and, and others exploring this, this area. So, you know, I think we won't, restrict ourselves to anything um, and try to find the right uh, projects and hopefully find the right uh, pace, uh, sense of urgency, sense of ownership that makes projects happen. Because uh, often, you know, it's what was struck me when I started this, this adventure with my partner, uh, Emmanuel Chopard, uh, in, as we so many projects were starting and then we're not never really getting to the point of completion because mm-hmm budget run, run, you know, run dry or because, you know, teams change because on the course of sometimes four, five, six, ten years to get anything up on the station, it's just hard. So we want to keep the 
focus and consistency and go from the research to actually applicable outcomes. So it's a very grounded uh, goal here. Nicola, we've got about a minute left, if you can believe that. But I want to get just your view overall of the space economy. Where do you think this is going? You know, I think it's it's like like a lot of us, uh, and, and I don't know. It's actually, you are really uh, in your podcast showcasing all the opportunities. It's only the beginning, and and again, um, the amazing uh, and ambitious projects to go to the moon and, and to Mars are, are driving so many opportunities uh, that it's it's hard to apprehend. And I feel that it's interesting that now I guess we're getting to the point where 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 you know launches and and the digital communication satellite. Uh, is opening up to more creative and more exciting projects. So I think this new, uh, let's say, the, this new journey of the new space economy uh, that we are one of the small participants uh, is extremely inspiring. Uh, and, you know, one project leads to another. We won't have time, but uh, I, I announced with Jason Andrews, founder of Spaceflight, an exciting project, Nemo Beat. Mm-hmm. On on uh, to to uh, to help support the training of of uh, commercial uh, astronauts. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have a chance, Jason and I, to come to uh, another of your podcast to tell you more about that journey. But you know, I would never have started this without uh, getting into a space cargo limited and, and exploring the opportunities here. So I think that that's that's a great space for innovative entrepreneurial projects. So well, we would be time ahead. We would be thrilled to have you both on at a later time. So thank you for that offer, and we, we will certainly be in touch. I must say that when I told a friend of mine who's also a, a wine, a bit of a connoisseur, uh, that I was interviewing you and he said, well, when's the crush going to be on ISS? I guess that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, well, maybe, you maybe so much, next Sean. time. Yes. <laughs> that is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. Find us on the web at xterrajsc.com and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Xterra JSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for listening.